All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Better late than never. Welcome. It's Fucking Anton Lander. I like, really like the bank milk trailer. Bank milk. This is Ceases. 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 Tyler, your rem check is so fucking sexy. Ceases. Fucking Anton Lander. It's my favorite. Better late than never. This is so fucking sexy. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 13, Better Late Than Never. I got a little trade deadline reaction episode for you. We're going to keep this one real tight. We're just going to get right into the things that happened today. Just with our beloved Edmonton Oilers, I've got a bunch of your reactions to the trade deadline, so I'm going to read a bunch of your thoughts out on the, on the podcast as well. I am Bag Milk, and I am going to start off, as I always do, by saying thank you to Arcadia Brewing for jumping on as the title sponsor. Check them out at ArcadiaYeg.com, Arcadia Brew Co. on Twitter, Arcadia Brewing Co. If you're on Instagram, if you were not paying attention today, it was the NHL trade deadline. And one, I, one thing I do want to say is I want to give a props, big shout out and props to everybody at dailyfaceoff.com. My boy Tyler Remchuk hosted the deadline live show today. I thought that it went very, very well. I thought that they did a great job. And for only having it go um, for the first time this year, I thought it was great. Yeah! So all the team at dailyfaceoff.com, I'm going to start off by giving you a round of applause. Thank you. Right? 
Now, as for the task at hand, we're talking about the trade deadline. I don't know how many of you expected the Oilers to do all that much today. I personally did not, so to see them come up with two trades is almost more than I expected in a way. But we're going to get to that. So, jumping in with it, the Oilers didn't have any space. All of us were talking about defensemen, maybe a forward, especially in net. What did they get done? Well, they got a defenseman, they got a forward, but they got no goaltender. And we are going back with Schmitty because he battles tonight against Colorado, but I'm going to get there last. First, we're going to jump in with the first trade of the day, broken by Frank Saravalli on the Daily Faceoff trade deadline show. The Oilers shipped out William Lagason, a conditional second-round pick, and a 2024 seventh-round pick to the Montreal Canadiens for Brett Kulak, hometown boy, well, from Stony Plain, roughly hometown. The condition on the pick is the pick is a 2022's second-round pick. Unless it goes to Chicago in the Duncan Keith trade, then it becomes a 2023 second-round pick. Montreal also retains 50% of Kulak's salary. If you don't remember what's going on with the Duncan Keith trade, the second pick from this year is tied up in that trade. Chicago will get the second instead of the third if the Oilers make the Stanley Cup Finals. And Duncan Keith is also among the top four in uh, ice time for defensemen. Let's look at this trade here. Let's look at what we've got coming our way. Brett Kulak. Six foot, 290 pounds, left-hand defenseman, not the most physical guy. 56 games played with the Montreal Canadiens this year. He has three goals, 10 assists, minus 10, but Montreal's terrible. Averaging 17.58 per night. He's got a 49.3 Corsi and a 46.7 zone start. So roughly starting in the defensive zone. In eight years in the NHL, he's played 316 NHL games. He spent four years with Calgary. Then four years with Montreal, where he played 215 games. Kulak, again, is going to come in and help the Oilers on defense. He is adding some depth there. My thoughts were, I'm a little bit surprised about some of the reaction. I thought, listen, spending a second-round pick for a depth D-man... I'm not really too excited about that. When you look around some of the other trades around the league, though, you go, all right, well, the prices were high this year. Do you want to pay? Do you want to play? Or do you want to sit on the sidelines? Right? The thing I guess that surprised me the most was, first of all, I understand why people were upset about the second-round pick. Right? I get that. Second-round pick, you're like, man, that's a lot. Why are we trading that for a UFA? Well, 50% retained on... Uh, Kulak salary, so that's how he made the math work, right? William Lagason went the other way, basically sawed it off, right? I was I was surprised that not about the second round pick that people were upset about. That I understood. That I got. You see the second round pick and you already got your guard up, right? What I was a little bit more surprised about was how some folks really, really seem to love William Lagason after he's traded, though I can't say that that was always the case while he was playing. 57 career NHL games for Lagason. He has got six assists total. Played 30 games for the Oilers this year. Picked up four assists. He's a pull, uh, with 13 pims, plus one. William Lagason originally a 91st overall pick as a fourth rounder in 2014. Like I said, I just don't think that he was really part of the plans long term. 
I really don't. If you remember right, he cleared waivers a couple of times this year. He also asked for a trade. I think that was a year ago, something like that. You know, Willie Lags, great head of hair on him. Yeah, those Swedes always have it. But I just, I think that this is an upgrade. I think this is an upgrade. And if you can get Brett Kulak re-signed, let's say, why wouldn't he want to? All of a sudden, that second-round pick, maybe you don't care as much. Personally, I'd rather that go this year than it goes next year, right? Next year, 2023, is supposed to be a stacked draft. You probably want to keep your picks for that one, right? At least that's my thought. The second trade of the day, Derek Brassard coming over from the Philadelphia Flyers for a 2023 fourth-round pick. A 2023 fourth-round pick. Philly retained 50% of Brassard's salary. In Philadelphia this year, in 31 games, Brassard has six goals, 10 assists. He has got a 46% Corsi, a 49.1 zone start. He's averaging about 14.22. This is a depth pickup. This is a guy, if you think, you're like, hey, I remember that name, Derek Brassard. He used to be pretty damn good, wasn't he? What happened to that guy? Where'd he go? Well, let me tell you. The Broussard you're thinking about probably came around, you know, 2015-16 when he was playing with the New York Rangers. 27 goals that year, you know. Added a 21-goal season in 2017-18 with with the Ottawa Senators slash Pittsburgh Penguins, right? So you've got a player here, but over the last couple of seasons, he's just not the same guy that you once knew. He's just not the same guy that you once knew. But what I do think that he can do is I do think he's going to help the Oilers' depth. He is a NHL player that can chip in with a little bit of offense, right? He can chip in with a little bit of offense. He's going to be there to provide you some depth. He's got over 50% on the draws this year. Interesting wrinkle about Broussard. Derek Broussard is set to become the ninth player in NHL history to skate at least one game for 10 franchises. Ten franchises will be for Derek Broussard. He's trailing only Mike Sillinger, who's got an NHL record 12 different franchises. In case you're wondering, Broussard, six years with Columbus, four years in New York with the Rangers, two in Ottawa, two in Pittsburgh, one in Colorado, one in Florida, one in New York, one in Arizona, one in Philly. Now he's come to Edmonton. Now, of course, when I say one, there's there's some half years in there. There's some chunks of years in there, right? 15 NHL, 15 year NHL career. He has played 936 NHL games. So this is a guy with some experience. He has got all kinds of experience. Maybe the Oilers need a little bit of that coming down the, down the stretch, right? Right now, they are in third spot in the Pacific Division. They are closing in on the Los Angeles Kings. LA has got 76 points as I'm recording this on Monday, the 21st. Edmonton's got 74. However, they've played two fewer games in Los Angeles. There's an opportunity there to strike. Will these ads help? Will they? I don't know. I don't know. I was trying to think about before I recorded what even I would rate this deadline for Ken Hall and Emmy Weathers. Maybe like, if I gave it a C, is that fair? Is a C too high? I don't think C is too high. It's not the worst. It's passable. By no means are you writing home to mom, getting all excited about it, but I think you can get something done here. 
I don't really care too, too much about the second round pick this year, provided that's this year instead of next. I'd rather have it go this year instead of next. But ultimately, I understand why people are a little bit curious why so much was paid for Kulak, right? But you could do, you could look at the trade the Ottawa Senators made as an example. A third round pick for Travis Hamannick? Well, I'd rather give up a second for Kulak than a third for Hamannick. Does that make sense? At least Hamannick, or at least Kulak's going to help you a little bit more. What I find interesting, though, is the seventh round pick in 2024 that the Oilers had to add. I mean, how did that even come about? You know, how did that even come about? Was Ken Holland talking to Montreal, and he's just like, listen, I want Kulak. And they're like, you can have him, but you're really going to have to sweeten the pot. And Ken Holland was like, I do? What am I going to have to do? What am I going to have to give up to make this happen? What am I going to have to pay you? And then they're like, how about a seventh round pick two years from now? Ken Holland's like, a seventh round pick two years from now. And they're just like, yeah! Well, that's how it gets done. If anybody's upset about the seventh round pick, I implore you to look up the math on how often seventh rounders make the NHL. Saw a couple of them. Not a whole lot. Ultimately, I think Oilers fans were kind of, this is kind of what a lot of us were expecting, but... I don't know. So that's why I asked. I asked on Oilers Nation's Twitter account. I said, looks like the Oilers are done with Kulak and Brassard. What are your first thoughts? So let me jump into some of those. Rick Hand Distilleries, they want me to read your feedback. So RickHandDistillery.com. Check it out. Tour and tasting coupon is available. I've been plugging that. Also, get yourself some double-double. I drank a lot of coffee today. Only one cup of coffee had the double-double in it, and I wish there was more, if I'm being honest. I've been up since 6 a.m. trying to get this done. Right now, it's 10 to 6 p.m. 12 hours of work for bag milk, plus an Oilers game coming up. Well, we're going to get there. I want to read your for- feedback first. So, thoughts on the trade deadline. We've got two deals for the Edmonton Oilers, Kulak and Derek Broussard coming into town. A cool guy. Cool guy Adam123 on Twitter says, look at what all the teams that went all in did and what, and then look at what the Oilers, who are supposed to be a team that went all in did. This was rough. Clearly, Ken doesn't think we are going to go far. Maybe it's so he doesn't have to give up that second for Keith. Nelsey says, the disappointment has always been goaltending. If this team had a top 15 keeper in terms of save percentage, they are fighting the Flames for top spot in the division and a serious cup contender. It's inexcusable slash unexplainable how Holland has handled the position. That is interesting. So tonight, the Oilers are playing Colorado. That's a 7.30 start against a very, very good team. Colorado just seemed to add and add and add and add. You know? More players, more quality, more, 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 more. Oilers are going in there tonight, and it's not going to be easy, especially when you got Mike Smith between the pipes, who, yeah, Mike Smith won against Buffalo, you know. The Oilers won 6-1 against Buffalo the other night. Mike Smith was between the pipes. That was his sixth win of the season. But you look at his stats, he's still got a 3.39 goals against and an 8.95 save percentage. Well, my friend, you are going to have to be much better than that 
against the Colorado Avalanche. Because let me tell you something. If the Oilers are depending on their goaltending to win tonight's game, oh boy. Only, it's only a game. Why do you have to be mad? Because I need points. Now, can the Oilers beat Colorado? Yes, I believe they can. If they play the same way that they did against Tampa Bay, we got a fighting chance in there, but we're going to need Schmitty to battle. Right? Right. Back to the feedback. Nick says, my question is, why do we need Broussard? Our forwards aren't the problem. Our defense is. My guess is just a little bit of depth there, right? According to Daniel Nugent Bowman of The Athletic, Ken Holland tried to trade Josh Archibald but could not. Nobody wants him unless the Oilers paid a sweetener along with him to go. That doesn't make very much sense. So I guess the plan is just to play him on home games, right? Uh, Leb Pooper, bruh, are you serious? Says, overall they upgraded. Solemn bottom four D ad for an overpay, but they needed that kind of defenseman. Broussard, a solid bottom six pickup for cheap. Overall, I'm not overly impressed, but not disappointed either. I'm giving that a six out of ten. Ryan says, liked Kulak, but I think we needed to go after a goalie rather than a forward depth like Broussard. Luke says, not disappointed, maybe a little much, too much to give up for Kulak, but with the D prices being so high, I get it, and he will help out in the D zone. Don't mind the Broussard move either. Time to buckle up and focus on Colorado. Discount Kenny is making a bargain basement deals to build a playoff contender. Unfortunately, used value village goalies won't help win a cup. A lot of people, and I understand it, a lot of folks have issues with the goaltending. Cool Hand Luke says fourth line center is Nuge is going to be the third when he comes back. Broussard is a bottom six upgrade. Kulak allows Russell to become the seventh D-man again. No goalie was an obvious upgrade over what we have. Expect Skinner to get more looks if Smith stumbles again. Liking Kulak more and more. Interested to see what Broussard might bring. Probably won't see Malone again in the NHL. Malone, of course, uh, did get recalled tonight because, like I mentioned, Josh Archibald cannot play. The Oilers are in the U.S. right now. I am just too excited to see Mike Smith battle against Colorado. It will be more fun sharing my thoughts after that. Haha, <laughs> I don't know what it'll take to make Ken Holland understand that we really need a goalie. That one comes from depressed Oilers. Noah says, a forward core is top three in the league defense that should hold its own under Manson and Woodcroft. It's all up to our goaltending and what they can do to see how far we go. Would have liked one more D, thinking Braun or Susie would have been nice, but I'm pleasantly surprised. Serrated Kramer says, second round pick is high for Kulak. If he resigns at a decent price, it's better, but as a rental, I'm lukewarm on that. I like the Broussard ad with Nuge healthy. He will help the fourth line. Jack says, not much they could do. Glad Holland did do anything crazy. Save that for the offseason. Well, that's one interesting thing is you could argue that Ken Holland did have a crazy offseason. If you remember, he had about, what, $25 million bucks? $25 million bucks to spend, something like that? He really, really shot his shot with all that. Uh, from the folks at Puckpedia, if you're looking at the cap situation, after acquiring Kulak... And Broussard, both of those guys had their salary halved. So after adding Kulak and Broussard for Lagason, the Oilers added a net 612.5 thousand in terms of cap hit with Archibald suspended. That's what you do when he can't play in the U.S. 
They have 2.6 million in cap space, which is reduced to 1.1 million when Archibald is on the roster. So they're doing some tap dancing just to have Josh Archibald on the roster as a depth player. How often he's going to play? Well, that's anyone's guess. That's anyone's guess. Again, I'm going back to the feedback for Rick Hand Distilleries. Ryan says, other than Kakadin, we couldn't really ask for more. Top six is well set long-term, and bottom players seem to flourish under the new coach. Also kept top prospects and the first. Austin says, that was not amazing, but not horrible. I'm okay with it. And I think that's kind of like the... I think it's kind of what you would say about a lot of Oilers fans. I'm not super pumped on it. I'm okay with it. Is that what you want in year seven of Connor McDavid, though? That's where I have the problem. You know? That's where I have the problem, and I'm just kind of, I just think about the clock ticking by. Year seven of Connor, year eight of Leon, and we're adding depth, guys. It, it's upsetting to me. I'll get over it, you know? The Oilers beat Colorado tonight, big 4-2 win coming. Maybe, right? Maybe I won't even be thinking about the trade deadline. Maybe Mike Smith stands on his head. Schmitty battles, you know? That's what we've heard. Maybe now is the time he gets up and running. Back to your feedback on the Oilers trade deadline. Mournville Greg says, not bad, not good. They got a little bit better other than top teams went. Other top teams went with a bigger splash, so they fell behind the pack a little bit. Broussard is just a slightly better tourist. Uh, Coombs, this is not my boy Coombs. This is just a different Coombs. Newfie 50 says, who thinks the Oilers will be swept? I imagine he says, I imagine he meant thinks. Uh, Bayback says, better team than we were a couple of hours ago, so I'm okay with it. Matt says, picking up two of the best 20 players in the league for a second, fourth, and Lagason Holland masterclass. I think he's being a little sarcastic there. Bugspray says, was hoping they would surprise us and go get a big name and or a goalie, but other than that, not too bad. You know, that was the thing where I was at too. I just had low expectations in terms of what would actually get done, but I was ultimately hopeful that more would get done. But, you know, we're Oilers fans, and uh, I guess one more time, we'll just go back to Briz, you know? Only It's only a game. Why do you have to be mad? Well, for a lot of us, we've been waiting a long time for the Oilers to be good. We'll be waiting a long time. Frank's got a squeaky ball there. I wish you wouldn't play with that squeaky ball. I'm trying to record a podcast, pal. I wish you had literally any other toy in that big box of yours. Can you guys hear that? Frank's squeaking away over there. Frank, bring your ball over here, pal. Bring your ball over here, right? I will absolutely give it back to you. I might be lying. I might be lying. Uh, Brian says, too much for Kulak, and they should have tried to go after a player that was younger and could maybe help the PK perform better. Ryan says, I'm happy Holland did a good job of getting needs. James says, Holland did what he wanted, but with all the goalie movement, bugged the Oilers, did not get involved. Again, a lot of people, you know, kind of expecting depth moves, maybe a defense, maybe a a forward, which is what happened. A lot of people really wanted that goalie. A lot of people really wanted that goalie. Uh, Donnie says, if you can't upgrade the goalies, the least you can do is shore up the defense. This does that and adds depth. So, some people upset, some people okay, some people right in the middle. 
Another interesting thing that always happens on deadline day that I don't really understand, and we were talking about it at Nation HQ today. We had the Oodle Noodle War Room going on today. Oodle Noodle catered the trade deadline at Nation HQ. We were talking about what is the weird thing where people come up with fake insider accounts and they pretend like they're Bob McKenzie or Darren Drager or Frank Saravalli and they're just tweeting trades that didn't happen just to kind of kind of fool somebody, to bamboozle someone. I don't really get it. I don't really get it. I would like to just take all the fake accounts and, you know, it's a little aggressive. It's a little aggressive. Another interesting thing that happened today was the reactions and analysis of trades. My favorite one, I I don't want to pick on the guy, but my favorite reaction trade analysis today was pretty hilarious. came from Kurt Levin's. Unsure the price of Derek Bassard, but saw him bot- solid bottom six veteran option. All that true. Still skates very, uh, very well. Good PK guy, some skill can play both center and left wing, right wing. Fifty percent plus faceoff guy as well. All of that sounds good. Sean Maloney from Hockey Buzz jumps in though and says, "Hey Kurt, Bassard plays less than two minutes total this season in Philly on the PK and less than four minutes total in Arizona the year prior. So why is he a good BK PK guy?" Kurt Levins responds with, he's done it regularly in his long career. You don't forget how to do that. Sean replies with, no, he hasn't. There are stats that you can look up. The closest he has ever come to doing it regularly was with the Rangers between 2014 and 2016. But even then, he played a grand total of less than 20 minutes on the PK in either of those seasons. Kurt responds again, Hi friend, if you disagree, that's fine. I've not only watched him PK in his career, I talked to the other hockey people who also know what's in his toolkit. Enjoy the deadline fun. Sean Maloney responds one more time, Broussard is a good depth ad, but there's just simply, there just isn't a big sample size of PK work there. Sounds like you're just trying to cover the fact that you assumed a bottom six player was a PK guy and are just trying to backtrack. Enjoy the day. Finally, Kurt responds with, it's an interesting tactic to try and pick a fight with me. I'll remember that. (laughs) Uh, Zach Lang, Nation Network News Director, adds in, in his 936-game NHL career, Broussard has played roughly 100 out of his 15,000 minutes on the penalty kill and has spent all of 104 there this year. <laughs> so I guess my point here is when you're looking at analysis online, and I'm not even saying don't like I'm, I'm excluded from this because I'm not going to pretend like I'm not wrong. You know, just be careful with what you read out there. <laughs> That's all I'm asking. Baba Bowie. You never know what you're going to get. You never know what you're going to get. Looking around the NHL, though, just to wrap up the reaction episode to the trade deadline, uh, there were some interesting deals out there. There were some interesting, interesting deals. The Colorado Avalanche are just, you know, they they just add more and more and more, don't they? They got Josh Manson. They added Nico Sturm. Added Lekanen, Cogliano. Right? They're getting things done. The Panthers, they're somehow out of Ekblad. They're like, Ekblad's out. He's not playing till the first round. He's doing the, the Kucherov thing. What did they do? They used some of that cap space available, flipped it into picks today. 
Minnesota Wild, they went out and got Marc-Andre Fleury. That was a big splash for them. I don't know anybody had the Minnesota Wild targeted as a destination for Fleury. Now they have a tandem that's both Fleury and Cam Talbot in net. We were talking about this at HQ. When Fleury went to the Wild earlier this morning, we were like, oh, maybe Dadbot comes home, right? Didn't happen, obviously. Montreal Canadiens, they also got some good work done. They just cleared out a bunch of stuff. They added picks in there. They're rebuilding, clearly. You do what you got to do. Another team that I thought won, the Rangers. You know, I like the Andrew Kopp trade they made. They added Tyler Mott. Team's getting stuff done out there. Tampa Bay, oh, seemed to be good. Um, you know, they added uh, Tyler's guy, Brandon Hagel. I can find his name in the top of my head there for a second. Brandon Hagel's there, Nick Paul, both players that can help. If you're looking at the loser side, though, I'm happy to say that a team like the LA Kings, they didn't really do a whole lot. Well, was chasing them. I like that. Right? Toronto Maple Leafs, they're a loser to me. Mark Giordano, he's going to help them on the back end. He's a leader, but I also feel like they did this with Joe Thornton. They did this with Patrick Marlowe. So they bring in the older guys looking for some leadership. Hasn't helped them so far. And I don't know that it's going to help them. We talk about our need for goaltending here in Edmonton. Well, Toronto's another team that needs one and did not go get one. Another loser for me, Vegas Golden Knights. They didn't do anything this week, and that makes me happy because I would love nothing more than the Vegas Golden Knights to just piss off. Ever since you came into the league, you've been having a good time, and it bothers me. I'll be the one to admit it. I'm a small man sometimes, but you know what? You annoy me. You annoy me, Vegas. Not only because the T-Mobile Arena is a great place to watch a game, the atmosphere and the show that you guys put on is fantastic, and you guys get to see it eight, uh, 41 times a, a year at home. I like all that. But, again, you came into the league, you went to the Stanley Cup Final, you made the playoffs every single year now it is time for you to go away right of course boo boo vegas they're a loser for me as well uh kelly mccrimmon didn't really do a whole lot at the deadline they've got all kinds of injuries jack eichel ain't helping shit you know but right here in our yard it is all about the edmonton Oilers. In our backyard. And tonight they've got a massive, massive game against the Colorado Avalanche. It's not going to be easy. As I mentioned, Mike Smith is getting the start tonight. He's going to try and build upon what was a solid game against the Buffalo Sabres. But these ain't the Sabres, my friends. No, 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 no. You are looking at a Colorado Avalanche team that is 24-3-3 at home. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. Did you hear me? 24-3-3. That is ridiculous. In their last 10 games, they are 6-3-1. They are currently riding a three-game win streak. Other reasons to be scared of them? The plus 68 goal differential. They have pumped home 241 goals this season. 241 goals. By comparison, the Oilers, they have 212, and that is with two of the league's top point getters on the roster. Now, the Oilers, 16-11-4 on the road. Currently riding a five-game win streak, 6-3-1 in their last 10. Woody's got them playing better. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a measuring stick game, as they say. And tomorrow against Dallas, just as important. We've got two very important games here coming up. We've got a lot, a lot to get to over these next, what do we got? Today's game, 63. So we got 20 games left on the schedule. That's all we got. That is some time, but it's not a lot of time. 
And if you want to have a good time, you come with us to Calgary next weekend, March 26th. We've only got, I'm talking about by the time I record this, this is 6 o'clock now on Monday. We were talking handfuls of spots left to come with us to Calgary. We've got one bus, and that's it. It's going to sell out this week. Head on over to BacksideTours.com, right there on the front page, Nation Vacation. Come with us to Calgary. I promise it's going to be a good time. I promise you that you're going to have fun. I promise you that you're going to enjoy it. You're going to make some memories. We'll go into the shitty saddle dome. We'll hike up to the roof. We'll all get our stairs in. We'll all be fitter. We'll all be sexier. And we'll all do it together. Got it? BacksideTours.com. Check it out. Get your tickets. I promise. Procrastination will not be your friend here. If you want to come, I urge you to get your tickets. Do not wait. Do not delay. Don't be that guy, that girl, whoever. Join us. Party with me. When was the last time you partied with me? I'll tell you what. I haven't partied since I was in Jasper in January for the pond hockey tournament. I feel like I'm going to explode. So this weekend, I just may do that. I may just do that. I may explode all over the press level at the Saddle Dome. If you see a blogger explode, you'll know it was me. Got it? Good. Uh, that's it for the reaction episode. I just wanted to jump on quick, read your feedback, talk about the trades. Overall, I thought it was fine. I don't think this was a spectacular trade deadline for the Oilers by any means. They still need a goalie. They did not get one. What they did do, they got Brett Kulak. He's going to help on the back end. They got Derek Broussard. He's going to help a little bit in the bottom six. That will make them better. Today, March 21st, the Edmonton Oilers are a little tiny bit better than they were on March 20th. Can we agree on that? I think we should. I think we should. Because ultimately, that's what happened. They spent a little. They added 612 k in salary cap. Defense, forward, a little bit of depth. Now, is that the sexiest day you'll ever see? No, it's really not. It's not. But that's what we got. And those are our new boys, and I'm going to cheer for them. And I'm going to cheer for the Edmonton Oilers to get them up with a big 4-2 win tonight against the Colorado Avalanche, because Gordon knows we need it. Smith and Net tonight, I'm betting the over. I bet you should, too. That's it for the reaction episode of the Trade Deadline. I will be back on Wednesday with a regularly scheduled episode of Better Late Than Never. Thank you again to Arcadia. Check them out at ArcadiaYeg.com, Arcadia Brew Co. on Twitter, Arcadia Brewing Co. on Instagram. Talk to you guys Wednesday. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.